0: Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 6. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Angela Anderson. Angela Anderson helps entrepreneurs coaches, and health and wellness professionals rapidly scale beyond six figures, massively scale their cash flow, explode their growth, and have the freedom and abundance to live the life they adore. With over 20 years in personal development and entrepreneurship in the areas of subconscious mind reprogramming, health and fitness, and business, Angela shows her clients how change happens in their mind. As a Psych-K facilitator and former employee at the Psych-K Center International, a leader in subconscious reprogramming, Angela shows how to leverage proven neuroscience. Using mind management tools, she guides her clients to unlock and transform the vote of their self-limiting, self-sabotaging, and negative beliefs about money. When Angela's not working with clients from all over the world through the power of the internet, she's living the good life with her husband and two boys in Colorado, nestled at the base of San Gris de Cristo Mountains and overlooking the Sand Dunes National Park and Preserve. And she also enjoys world traveling. If you also get how totally important it is to take care of your mind, body, and spirit while giving your all to your business family and more, You're going to love what Angela does. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Angela Anderson. Okay, Angela, welcome to She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today.
1: Hi, Nicole. It's so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me a guest. And it's weird imagining myself as a leader now. So I love seeing myself like that and being able to help all of our listeners and our audience step into that role that we are meant to be as well.
0: Awesome, awesome. So I read your bio, and I want to say kudos to you for taking the lead in helping entrepreneurs reprogram their mind in health, fitness, and business. I think this is really awesome, and it's very much needed.
1: Thank you. Yes, and I I work with people of all kinds of color, and really appreciate the opportunity to be on this specific focused podcast to speak specifically to some of the issues that women of color might have compared to uh, some other types of niches and subcultures that are out there in our society today. Okay, awesome. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, let's do it. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Angela?
1: I would agree. And I also think that most of us do not realize that we're leaders and we don't fully step into that role. Yes, I do agree with that as well. So can you tell us why you feel this way? because that has been my experience with my own self. And, you know, Nicole, we hear often of birth order types of things. (laughs) So it could even start from the minute you're born, if you're the middle child or the youngest child, that we have certain characteristics that we take on subconsciously in order to best survive within our family community. And as the youngest child with a very alpha type older sister, I was just used to being a follower being told what to do and being great at following instructions and just you know going down that path And so I think that subconsciously many of us are programmed to be leaders or followers and depending on birth order depending on how the dynamics in your family the messages that you got and then we go out into the world and we send signals to attract the types of people that we partner up with in a love relationship or the types of jobs we have or the types of endeavors that we pursue and so sometimes it's like this nature versus nurture thing that we have until we get to this pivotal point in our lives where we realize That it is time for us to step up to embody our power. Whether, you know, for some of us, the beginnings of that is becoming parents, being a mother, uh, having an event happen in your life where you need to, you know, get a backbone, shall we say, and where you need to really be the one to chair, to champion your own cause. Okay, thank you for that. I really enjoyed that. And I agree with
0: you, right? That we take on characteristics subconsciously, whereby, like you said, because you were the youngest, you were a great follower. But I'll take that even further to say that to be a good leader, you have to also be a great follower. So, in essence, that was still leadership coming out at a young age there. And then I love how you said we send signals to attract the people to us, because I definitely agree to this. And basically, that's in essence our like our tribe or our network like you said and we may be leading and not knowing like you said as well so thank you for that.
1: You're welcome. Yeah it's I think that and I love that you said and validated Nicole that leading or that following is leading because without one we can't have the other. You know (laughs) if there were if you didn't have folks that are also going to be standing with you to go with you then you're not a leader.
0: Yes. Yeah. And
1: vice versa.
0: Okay. So, can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization?
1: When I realized is when I was failing miserably with my business. <laughs> and, I being, like I said, I I led up to this as being the youngest child, being really good at following instructions. I was in, initially, I started my business as a network marketer. I was a part of a network marketing company that promoted uh, health and fitness products and fitness programs. Wonderful company. And I was the type of recruit that said, just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And I would, I gobbled up all the training and I gobbled, gobbled up all of the advice and I took massive action, but I still wasn't reaching the levels of success that I was hoping for. I wasn't reaching the levels of success quick enough that I thought that I would. I was comparing myself to people around me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I needed to step into my own power. And yes, it is important to take information, but it's also important to embody it and make it your own and really step up to the forefront and stop hiding behind the ideas of others, So it wasn't until after six years of doing this and having a business and trying everything and failing and spending money like mad on coaches and training (laughs) and, and learning all these things, I realized that I needed to become a leader. And it's very subtle. Mm. it can be very subtle. Like even now, now that I am a leader and now that I said, you know what, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to think about what do I want to do? What feels right? What's in alignment with me? How do I want to take action based on all of the training and knowledge and information that I've, you know, got for free or that I've paid for, you know, so, and so on and so forth is what do I want to do? And, Now that I'm a leader, it's just, it's this knowing that I haven't ever had before in my soul and in my being. Mm. And how that comes out, Nicole, is in. confidence that is rooted in something so much deeper than the numbers in my bank account, than the amount of clients that I have scheduled on my calendar. It is feeling powerful to the point that when I'm in social situations and if no one there the whole time asks me what I do for a living, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't feel devalued as a human, you know, whereas, you know, it's interesting because I'm in social situations a lot with my husband and and just different things that we do. And a lot of people kind of glob on to what he does. He's Mm -hmm. actually more extroverted. He's more of that natural leader. And the position that he does, he's a a county commissioner, is very interesting to people. So Mm -hmm. most of the time he takes the stage, I don't care (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I know I'm in my heart, I'm a leader. And if it's supposed to come out and then it will come out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything about my abilities and my confidence and my leadership.
0: Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I, again, I love it. I love it. (laughs) And I love, and I took a note of what you said previously and you said it again. So I just want to shout it out for a third time. But like you said, step up to embody our power. Like that's so important. And it helps us to realize where we actually are leading and are leading genuinely, right? Yes. 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 I love how you said you have a knowing in your soul and in your being, and it provides a confidence that nothing that happens can take away. And that's extremely important. So thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Angela, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why?
1: Yes, so I wrote down five characteristics of a code of leadership that I follow. And it wasn't something that I was taught or told, maybe I was taught, maybe I was told, but most of the time, the things that we're doing on a conscious level just kind of go in one ear and out the other. So the first thing that I really, when I sat down to think about this was filling myself up first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I was formerly a health and fitness professional. I owned a studio here in Southern Colorado, and I also had an online business and I was committed to my own fitness workouts. I didn't use my classes for my own personal workout, A lot of fitness instructors that are teaching 10, 15 times a week, it's very difficult for them to take care of their own body, mind, and soul while you're in professions like that. And we can also stretch this across many different kinds of professions is that we forget to invest in ourselves. And that is number one on my list is, and for me, it's the most selfless thing that I can do by being this kind of focused on myself is investing in myself, taking care of my mind, body, and spirit. And my physical reality my physical body my physical world keeping my house clean cooking you know keeping things organized meditation doing uh, you know my food working on my on my own health the second thing that is important is to maintain my vision and what i mean by vision is it's not all about me and like uh, well, I need a new car in two years kind of vision, or you know, I'm going to invest in another rental property kind of vision. It's that vision that is outside of me of what my work does in direct connection to make the world a better place, mm. to help people be happier, to help them be healthier, to help them get what they want. Because if In that code of leadership, if I don't have a bigger vision beyond my own material, physical needs, then I'm going to fizzle out. I'm not going to have the longevity, the creativity, and the focus that I need in order to really make this thing go. Okay. And then I've got transparency. This is so important to me, Nicole. When I make a mistake, I say that I'm wrong. You know, sometimes it's difficult to realize that we've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. It could be even more difficult to say, wow, I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm wrong in this (laughs) and to admit my flaws. But I think it's really important in leadership because it helps people take a step closer to you Mm -hmm. and it builds team and it builds connection. Another code of ethics, code of leadership that I follow is working with the team. Stop being a lone wolf if you need help with your finances, get a bookkeeper. You know, if you need help with your marketing, get a PR person to help you. If you need help with your copywriting, with your messaging, you know, and so for the most part, day in and day out, it really is just me over here, but I have a team of subcontractors that are there on standby that I hire when I need things to get done. Mm -hmm. And the very last thing is evaluating, is when you have this big vision, break it down into practical steps. What do I need to achieve in three months? What do I want to see things? How do I want to see it in a year, in three years from now? And how you do that is by really planning, planning the specifics, what action steps are you going to take? What are your deadlines? How intimate can you be with your numbers, your income, your expenses, your profits, your losses, and evaluate all of that information with your team on a monthly and quarterly basis. That way you know what's happened, you know where you're going, and you can make wise decisions.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for that. I. I mean, I agree with each one and I definitely will say that they all are extremely, extremely valuable. And I'll just touch base on this one point, which was the first one is don't forget to invest in ourselves, right? And I think this can be underrated and often overlooked. And I like how you said that it's actually a selfless act, which on a surface level, it can seem selfish, right? But if we don't take care of ourselves or if we're no good, within ourselves, we can't be good for others. So in a sense, I see exactly what you mean when you say that it's a selfless act and it's so necessary because we have to be full in order to overflow and give to those around us. So thank you.
1: Yes. And I remember Nicole and I, I'm not sure if you if you breastfed your son when he was born. You did. Yeah. Yep. So the, here's a perfect example of that, of a lot of us mothers who breastfed is, I remember the first time my son did the projectile vomit mm, mm. <laughs> or, you know, and I ate chocolate. And I was a first time mom and I realized, and I read all over the place that, yeah, you can't eat chocolate with a newborn. It's just not a good idea.
0: Mm.
1: And so it's taking care of yourself. I changed my diet so that my son would be more at ease coming into his body in the world and not have so many digestion problems. Mm. And as a result, I felt clearer. I felt more clear headed. I lost the baby weight with a little more ease. I felt better, I had better energy just by doing that one thing, taking care of myself, which was selfless. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a very simple example like that and put it in any area that you wanna improve in your life, whether it's your money, your production, your focus, your relationships, your sleep, what can you do for yourself that is gonna then have that effect on those areas in your life?
0: Yes, I love it. Okay.
1: So I believe
0: all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Angela, can
1: you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Yeah. So now... I believe it's required. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like that now. Emphasize now. emphasis on now, right? <laughs> In the past, Nicole, I was such a perfectionist mm-hmm. that I couldn't even take feedback on a job that I didn't mm-hmm. do that well. Yes because I needed to be, have get everything right and I wanted all that praise and I wanted that confirmation. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that when I got feedback, it was an opportunity for me to grow, mm-hmm. to expand, to get better. And so when you, it's perception, we live in a very complex world and we don't see the world as it is. It's impossible. We have these perceptual filters. Mm-hmm. So if you see failure as something wrong, then it's going to be very difficult difficult to keep moving forward. Most likely you're going to be starting and stopping, procrastinating, changing your mind, doing different endeavors, not really fully carrying things out to the end because failure in your mind means that it's not working. It doesn't mean that you're learning and you're growing. And, you know, so for me now, after I realized that my inability to accept failure and how hard I was on myself, then, you know, I failed for six or seven years in my business before I realized, wait a minute, I need to take this and I need to learn from it. I don't need to beat myself up and get the whip out. I need to learn. Mm -hmm. So this is what is going to help me grow and reach my goals at a quantum pace, not at a snail's pace. Mm -hmm. That's another thing is I was, I'm, I, Was slow. Very, you know, I thought I was easy to teach because I was like, just tell me what to do and I would do it. But at the same time, I was also resisting it a lot because of my perfectionism and inability Mm. to accept failure.
0: Okay. Thanks for that. I can definitely relate. I am a recovering perfectionist as well. So (laughs) (laughs) I understand exactly what you mean. Now, you've touched on a topic that I'm going to ask you just to elaborate a little more for those that may need it, right? You said that we all see through perceptional filters, right? And I totally agree with you and do agree that these jade or shape the way we view things. But can you just talk a little more about that for those that may need something a little deeper?
1: Yeah, so we don't see the world as it is. It's actually quite impossible to do that. There really is no black and white. Now, the collective consciousness as a whole has decided that, you know, a tree is a tree and the sky is a sky. And so we use language in order to define the world around us. And then at an early age, we're programmed to say, okay, well, when it's really cold outside, you know, like you think about people's perceptions about cold. I'm married to someone who is of Norwegian background. He loves it when it's cold. Mm. I'm in pain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's perception. It really is Nicole because after being around him and being around someone who enjoys the cold and just puts on another layer or sees the good in it, I have been able to change. I have been able to change something that seemed like a physical black and white issue to something that is now more, more malleable. And so when you start to break open and look around the world and realize, you know, and one thing that'll do it for you is just traveling outside of your own country mm-hmm. and going someplace and seeing just how different people look at things. In India, you eat with your, in Southern India, you eat with your right hand. They, they don't use forks or, or spoons. And you, you wash your rear after you go to the restroom with your left hand. Mm. So you would never eat with your left hand. If you're a lefty, you're kind of hurting a little bit. I'm a lefty, so I'm listening <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's a lefty too. And he really, I mean, he got the stink eye when he would go with, for the food with his left hand. Oh, wow. Right? And it's because they look at it as a black and white thing, but it's just yes. perception, mm-hmm. right? We don't have any problem with it at all. We don't, we don't have this dirty feeling whenever we're, you know, picking something up when eating, putting it in our mouths with our left hand. So there's a million situations. Every single thing in life really is based on what you've been taught, mm-hmm. what you've been programmed by your community, by your parents, by the culture you live in, by the country that we grow up in. And you can change that. Uh, Mm. Look at people who drive on the left side of the road. That is one way to, if you want to flip your perception around about driving and paying attention on the road, just go to a country and rent a car and drive on the other side. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And it goes back to when you're struggling with something, you can stop and ask yourself, how could I see this different? Mm. Because most of the time we're so used to being right and we don't question our perceptions that we think that it is what it is and that's the way it is. But if we were to just stop for a moment and say, what if I could see this differently? It really opens up a whole new world. And that's what's so fun about being around different kinds of people because they show us different ways to see the world. And that's why so many of us were like, oh, you know, family, it's a blessing and a curse. But it's kind of like, you know, once you marry your partner or once you, you know, go off and you find your own community and your own tribe, They show you different ways of seeing the world that you adopt that then makes it so difficult for us to go back and spend time with our family because we see that old paradigm and we're no longer that person anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I love that. And I love your advice. Ask yourself how you can see things differently. Definitely something that I have learned to adopt because, you know, no one, well, I know initially I didn't want to be told that my views were incorrect or biased, you know, so learning how to accept that there can be different views. And then my go-to practice is always to keep a I call it a member of my council, but sort of like my go-to people to keep someone on a team that thinks differently from me, right? Because if you have everyone that thinks the same as you in your circle, how can you ever know that other side or ever even consider it if no one ever brings it up or you're not aware? So sort of like how you said, travel outside of where you're from because where you're from is usually all the same, but other places things are different. So thank you.
1: Yes. And, you know, if may I speak to women of color, specifically, Nicole, is we have generational things that are passed down to us, experiences that have happened. In fact, I was just reading National Geographic. I don't know if you've seen this, Nicole, but there's these twins that were born to a couple in England. The mother is white and the father is black. One twin is white, the other twin is black. It's crazy. Mm. Okay. And so, and then of course the, the rest of the National Geographic magazine had different stories of black men in particular in the United States that were being targeted by police and the racial discrimination with that. And it made me sit down and think, you know, my mother, she's Hispanic and she's, she's dark. When you look at her, you would say she, she's dark. And so I'm kind of milky. I'm kind of in between. And If I've been discriminated against, I don't know, because I grew up in a different generation where people weren't talking about it as much. And I also grew up internationally amongst all kinds of different races and nationalities. So... It's my perception that when something doesn't go my way, right, or when someone is not treating me with the respect that I want, or when I feel like someone is persecuting me, it's my perception that it was maybe something that I did or a personality conflict, or maybe that person's just real messed up. <laughs> mm, okay. I don't stop to think that it could be the color of my hair. mm. Or the color of my eyes. However, we do have a collective consciousness and we do have a reality that many people of color share that is that of persecution and of overcoming struggle. Mm -hmm. And it really, when you look at it, it really does boil down to perception and how people were programmed and how they're just carrying out all of this now, either Mm -hmm. individually or as a group.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Yes, I do agree and that is deep, right? I love the fact that you grew up internationally, so your perception is different, which it can be any of the above reason who knows what the reason is, but it doesn't necessarily have to be race. So we do have to expand our minds outside of those borders because you never know.
1: You never know. You never know and and we make assumptions it could be the color of our skin, right? Yeah. Or but or the way we speak. Mm -hmm. But it could be something totally different. And we're always going to get judged. That's the thing Mm -hmm. is we're always going to get judged. We're always judging. And it's about rising above. And at the end of the day, feeling really good and being Mm -hmm. happy, being resilient, being able to overcome your challenges.
0: Okay. Yes. All right. So, Angela, can you share one time that you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader?
1: Yeah, so I'll go back to when I was in network marketing and actively working that business. And in network marketing, the big money comes from being a leader and being able to build a team, which is a sales force. So a lot of people, you might, your perceptions, back to perceptions of network marketing is, always someone selling me some product and blah, blah, blah. Well, really what it's about, again, if you want to be a leader, is building a sales force and having a team of people who are selling and who are building also. So in this network marketing company being a leader is being able to magnetize people is being able to inspire people to in- motivate people and a lot of this happens over the internet. It's not like you get to show up to an office, look people in the eye and they get to, you know, have a feeling for you. And i failed at that because I realized that my stronger qualities are more connecting with people one on one. And I I didn't see that. so I was constantly beating myself up about, well, why can't I build a large team? How come people aren't doing their thing? How come, you know, they're signing up and then they're disappearing? And how come they're not working as hard as I am? And so there is this victim mentality mm. when I realized that, wait a minute, we do have, in our essence, stronger qualities and other qualities and how I could lean into those and be in full alignment with who I was. And so I was failing as a leader because I thought that I needed to be someone that I wasn't. And I wasn't effectively leading because I was trying to be like other leaders, other Instagram stars or, you know, <laughs> other top people in the company who are being themselves and they're trying to teach me and the rest of, of the others how to be ourselves. But it can be a very difficult journey when you're somebody that says, you know, just give me a roadmap and I'll follow that. So to lead effectively is to be in full alignment, to identify your strong qualities, lean into those.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. And I do agree that everything is about alignment. And usually when things aren't going the way we want them to, that means we are not aligned. But I love what you said, and I just want to reiterate that, that it's so important for us to avoid the victim mentality and basically figure out how to make it work, whatever that it is for us figure out how to make it work
1: and not. Yeah. 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 Other people and forces do not have to control your life. Yes. Okay. So Angela,
0: do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why?
1: So I feel like we make it harder. And it's not necessarily our fault. It's not necessarily something that we're consciously aware of. And I've said this before, this term, this collective consciousness. And I feel like women, uh, we have inherited many difficulties being able to step into our power. We're kind of like the silent, quiet, powerful types with you know motherhood and not really stepping into the full credit
0: Mm-hmm. of
1: of mm-hmm. a motherhood and and holding down a household and the work that it requires to do that. And then as we've entered the workforce, who has taught us and how many day-to-day models do we have in our lives of powerful women who are in alignment who are teaching us how to ask for money,
0: mm-hmm. how
1: to receive money, how to be powerful creators. And it's really interesting because there is a very difference in energetics between the male clients that I work with and the female clients and what we work on specifically. And I find that the male clients, they have their sense of power and the way that they connect with their power and their self-worth is very different than the females. I wouldn't say it's stronger or better or more or anything like that. It's just very, very different, So I do think it's harder for women because I think that we have grown up with a specific female set of beliefs that are embedded in our subconscious minds that we don't realize are sabotaging our ability to step into leadership roles and embody these aspects of leadership that men are doing. And it's simply it's not any more difficult to change and to step, to embody that. The difficult part is the, the awareness of it. Of Oh, I'm doing this to myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Oh, I've been carrying this around for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. And I do agree that historically, right. Women were originally home givers or, or home care they were their main priority was the home, right? But I do think, like you said, that the mindset around that was that it, it was like an undervalued or a minimal or small role when that role is not easy. It requires a lot of responsibility and it should be looked at with great respect. And in essence, it is you're leading entire organization. I mean, if you want to say, you know, your household could be looked at as an organization. So you are, as a caretaker of your house, leading your organization, but it wasn't viewed in that way in the past. And that stigma has carried on with women. So thank you for shedding some light on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the war happened and women went to work because the men were all gone. And we have been slowly slowly on the uprise. And I just think that there's always more to uncover within our being Mm -hmm. on how we're holding ourselves back and how we can overcome those things. And it's actually more, it's easier and simpler than you think.
0: Okay. Thank you. And I'm glad to see that things are changing and these stigmas are being shed and, you know, we are stepping up to our confidence and our power more and more every day. So-
1: yeah. And you know, I don't know, Nicole. Are you are you following any of the politics and the folks that are running for the Democratic nomination for president in 2020?
0: Well, you know, I don't want to answer that because I don't want to get crucified. I'm not really <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm all I say, politics, so
0: to say, but go ahead, carry on.
1: All I have to say is there are so many women up there that I love. Okay and it's just super exciting.
0: Good, good. Well, yeah. now you made me want to go follow. So maybe I'll have to take a peek cuz I do need to be more abreast. Of and
1: there's women eternity. of color and I love it. Okay. All right. Yeah. People of color and uh, different backgrounds. It's just it's it's it gives me goosebumps to see where where we're headed um, in terms of our diversity and our perspectives and how we're trying to lead each other and make the world a better place.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful
1: leader, this is a must. Angela, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Oh, yes. And this doesn't sound very sexy, but it's pretty amazing. (laughs) You got to plan, girlfriend. You've got to plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how you get stuff done. If you're in that campus, oh, I wish I could do that. You know, how many people do you see that are like, oh, I wish I could do that? Or, oh, you've got a new car. I wish I could have that. Oh, you went on European vacation. Wish I could do that. Girl, you can have all of that. You've just got to plan it. Okay, Okay. And what I mean by that is, you know, people automatically have in their mind, like, say, for example, a big purchase, you know, some kind of vacation. Well, if you don't find out how much it's going to cost, if you're too scared to just go find out how much plane tickets and, you know, whatever else is going to cost, then how are you going to really take steps forward to make it happen? you got to get over the fear of what it's going to take to get what you want go out find out how much it's going to cost find out the steps that you need to take to make it happen and then put together that hey in a month i'm going to i'm going to have this accomplished towards my goal And, you know, specifically in terms of productivity, getting things done, I love using a calendar. And in the evening, not right before I go to bed, because that's not too relaxing, but in the evening, kind of like after dinner... I look and see what's going on in my calendar for the following day, for the following week. I look at the things that I want to accomplish and I start writing things in on when I'm going to, you know, the tasks that I need to get done to begin to move me towards my goals. And it's really nice to do that because then you're not up in the middle of the night thinking about the things you need to do (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you've already kind of outlined it. And then, and the next thing that I do is I review my calendar and what I, my bullet points and what I need to get done that day. And I'll be honest is in the beginning, you're going to find when you start doing this, that you're putting more on your plate than anyone can humanly accomplish in a day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Guilty, (laughs) guilty. Right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So you're going to learn a lot about yourself and um, the perfectionism and the high expectations that you have and why you don't always um, get anywhere because of the overwhelm. So if we chunk it down to bite-sized pieces, that is how you can have increase your productivity. Decide what you want, plan it out, use a calendar system, keep it simple and keep focused and keep your eye on it. And then like literally, Nicole, Monday through Thursday, I do that. And then I walk away and I don't check things until Sunday evening because it's really important that when you step away and you take a break, you actually have a real break and you Mm -hmm. have a mental break from all Mm -hmm. of the stuff too.
0: Okay, thank you for that. I love those tips and I especially love your last tip was learn how to step away and take a mental break, right? Because how can you restore yourself? How can you rejuvenate yourself if you don't take those breaks to? to give yourself the calm you need to be as sharp as you need in the future. So thank you.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So Angela, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned?
1: Oh yeah. So, you know, I think that leadership is also a shedding of the ego, Nicole. And, I remember when I was teaching fitness classes, one of the formats that I offered was Zumba Fitness. And I would also do performances and things around town for fundraisers and shows and community events. And it took some years to shed some ego. <laughs> I <don't>, you know, <laughs> dancers can be kind of dancing queens and things like that, little divas. And I remember towards, oh, I don't know, three or four years into doing this and uh, performing and stuff, I... I stopped being front and center. I started taking the back row all the way to the corner and letting my students take the lead. And one of the most wonderful blessings that I received as a leader and confirmation that I was on the right path was from a community member saying, you know what? That is a sign of a true leader of stepping back and letting your students have the limelight. That was really amazing, an amazing performance. And, you know, that goes back to perfectionism. I knew all the moves. I executed them with precision. You know, I was a great performer, had the smile on my face the whole time. My students weren't necessarily, you know, 100% on point. It didn't matter, though, because it was Mm -hmm. about them. Mm -hmm. And so that felt really amazing.
0: Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I think that goes back to the confidence aspect that you talked about that you grew into, right? Because I feel like a lot of leaders fall short in this area where they feel like if they allow a subordinate, so to say, to shine, that it takes away from them when in all reality, it actually makes you look better because you are giving that person the floor and allowing them to grow and to develop their leadership skills as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love how you put that, Nicole. It's true. Thank you.
0: Okay, so Angela, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life?
1: Yeah, I think the best advice is unspoken. In that, if you can actually be in the physical presence of someone that you perceive as a leader, the 95% of all communication that you're going to receive that is going to be transmitted to you is going to be nonverbal. You are going to pick up on their posture, you're going to pick up on the tone of their voice, you're going to pick up on how they handle challenges, how they are in alignment with themselves and their vision. And earlier I said, there's so much information out there. It does go through one ear and out the other. So my best advice is don't inhale all the books. Don't go from one book to the next. Really settle in on the podcast, the She Leads podcast, or the book that Nicole is publishing. The one thing that really resonates with you and And absorb that on all levels that you possibly can, because it's in between the lines, or as Eckhart Tolle says, it's in the pause that the real wisdom comes. So this is about taking the qualities and being able to actually embody them so they become a natural part of who you are. And you don't have to force yourself to act like a leader. You just are a leader.
0: Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I think that that is such timely advice, especially in our keep going. You know, I feel like we live in a society where everything is like fast paced, keep moving, keep going, accumulate as much as you can, get as much as you can. But you're right. Like if you don't take the time to pause and just soak in everything and figure out something, one thing and not be, you know, what do they say? Like a Shiny, shiny object syndrome, you know, where yeah. everything is like, oh my goodness, everything, and just take a moment to pause and get that one thing. So, thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I feel excited. I, I feel hopeful that all you who are listening to this will reach out to me and and tell me what your biggest takeaway is and and how what your light bulb moments were, and if there's anything else that I can help you with.
0: Okay. All right. So Angela, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about?
1: Yeah, definitely. So go to my website. It's AngelaAnderson.life. And my last name is spelled S-O-N, AngelaAnderson.life. I have lots of goodies on there. But the thing that I want you to do is schedule a free Be Rich Now breakthrough session if you want to get started and work with me right away. So you can... Click around my website, see what I'm all about because I talked about perceptions and subconscious and programming and that's really what I'm about is to help you shift those perceptions and that programming at a subconscious level. So if you are feeling excited and you're in full alignment, then click and schedule that session and we can talk. Otherwise, click on that website and join my community. There's ways that you can opt into, you know, freebie stuff that I have that'll give you access to my community where we can stay in touch and you can learn about articles that i've written you will get a notification about the this podcast that we're recording when it goes live and other things that happen with the she leads podcast and you'll just get updates on how to improve yourself by reprogramming your mind so go on over there and click around join my community and get on my calendar
0: okay well thank you again angela we appreciate your insight today
1: thank you nicole and thank you she leads podcast
0: I really enjoyed this interview with Angela, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Angela's concept of our birth order having an impact on our characteristics. According to Angela, more times than not, our circumstances and surroundings have more to do with our leadership style, as we are not often groomed for the positions we innately have to play. I understand this completely because this is how I fell into my leadership role growing up as the oldest of three children. Survival is our core instinct as humans. Consequently, we do what we have to do with what is presented to us. When we accept who we are and figure out how to maximize our position, we win. A quote by Toni Morrison reads, freeing yourself was one thing, claiming ownership of that freed self was another. I admire Angela's experience of growing up internationally and being immersed in diversity. Not having racism in the forefront of your mind as a person of color is a gift. This experience gives Angela a different perspective of people, which impacts how she views her life experiences. Angela looks at her interactions on a person level as opposed to a race level, which is a very liberating viewpoint. I agree that interactions are individual and speak more to the limitations of each person, which should not be attributed to race. Angela's upbringing allows her to have a neutral viewpoint, which is necessary to arrive above the stigmatism of racism. When we learn to focus on the behavior while not equating it to our color, we avoid classifying ourselves and others by color. A quote by Joni Erickson Tata reads, Perspective is everything when you are experiencing the challenges of life. I can relate to Angela's struggles with accepting feedback as I experienced the same. When we only desire praise and confirmation from others, it's hard to be receptive to growth opportunities. Focusing only on receiving accolades blocks the opportunity to learn about our areas of improvement. As with Angela, I would beat myself up when things did not go as planned, as opposed to learning from the experience and moving on with my new knowledge. It is imperative that we stop viewing failure as negative and embrace the new insight received to grow and expand. When we have pity parties about our failures, we are distracting ourselves from moving beyond our failures to reach our goals. The longer we soak, the longer it takes to get where we are supposed to be. A quote by Jack Canfield reads, I am welcoming, appreciating, and using the feedback I get as I accept it as a valuable gift.
1: Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week.
0: Angela mentioned the importance of having confidence in ourselves and our decisions. As Angela mentioned, We must speak up and take action if we want to be successful. This is an area that I struggle with because I've had the tendency to hide, which stops my shine. I will make it my business to become so comfortable with myself and my abilities so I can speak up more often and take action more swiftly. I need to exercise my confidence muscle As I know, this is required to reach the levels of success that I aim to acquire. A quote by author Ash reads, One important key to success is self-confidence. An important key to self-confidence is preparation.
1: And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week.
0: My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads podcast entitled Step Up to Embody Your Power with Angela Anderson. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.